Mental health is something Karen thinks about a lot. In fact, she's a motivational speaker who often talks about the role of mindfulness in reaching life goals. She's also a mom to a 10-year-old named Caleb. Good job, bud. Did you see that one that almost made it? I saw you oh, did it play. Go up? Yeah, it hit the, he tipped it, and then it hit the thing, and then he got it back. Uh huh. So not fair. Well, I was gonna say I saw you play hard. Yeah. That's for sure. How are you feeling? Wait. We have a game Saturday at ten thirty. All right. Sounds good. Karen says mindfulness helps her make healthy choices so she can be a good mom for him. In 2013, when her son was two, something happened that led Karen to what she calls a mindset shift. I'm Bola Shokumbi, a certified financial education instructor, money expert, and the founder of Clever Girl Finance. You know, it can be hard to look at our finances head on, and it can be really hard to talk about them, especially for women. So that's why we've made this series, Fair Shares, honest conversations with real women about financial topics. It's brought to you by the Washington Post Creative Group and Mass Mutual. In the podcast, I'm sitting down with women like Karen to have frank and intimate discussions about their finances. And I'll be helping them think smarter about strategies they can apply right now. Why? I want them to feel financially empowered and optimistic about their future. And I want you to feel that way too. So back to Karen. Things had actually been going really well. She had recently started a new job. She and her husband, Richard, had just purchased a house, and they had just opened a new gym where Richard coached classes. Then out of nowhere, Karen experienced the unimaginable. She was suddenly widowed when Richard was tragically killed. It was a profound and traumatic loss, and one Karen wasn't prepared for. But then came more loss. She needed to downsize, so she traded in the family car. Then she sold the house she and Richard bought. Then she lost her job and the business. She says that year was really hard. These days, Karen is focused on healing and building a life for her and Caleb. She says she wants to create a financial scenario where Caleb won't feel the strain of a single parent income. That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Fair Shares. Okay. Let's get to my conversation with Karen. So Karen, I know you've told this story so many times over the years, but I would like for you to tell me what happened to you in 2013, which was probably the worst year of your life. Yes, that would be an understatement. 2013 was... It was definitely the year that rocked my world and shook me out of complacency. I was a regional recruiter. My husband, Richard, had opened his gym, uh, actually his birthday weekend in March. Our son, Caleb, was two years old and life was, I guess you could say, normal. We lived in a single family home, which was one of our greatest accomplishments as a couple. And we were just excited about the life we were building and the future that we were building together. And there was this one Monday where I was actually doing some VP interviews. And it was during the first call. 
when I noticed that my cell phone was vibrating. And of course I continued to give the candidate my undivided attention, but it was going off for so long that I knew something was up, right? And so I turned over the phone and I saw several missed calls from one of the ladies at our gym. Now, in that moment, it's kind of like, I mean, you know this, if something triggers your mind, you can think a million thoughts in one nanosecond, right? You just start spiraling mm -hmm. and that's what happened. Initially, I thought, well, maybe Richard fell off of the rig and broke his arm. Maybe he hit his head. You know, maybe they had to call the ambulance. I had no idea that when I answered that phone, I would hear the level of chaos and, and really just pandemonium, I guess is a really great way to put it because I heard screaming and I couldn't make out anything that the lady was saying. I was trying to make out what she was saying and then I could finally make out one word, which was shot. When I got the phone call, again, I don't remember anybody saying like he died. I, I didn't get that news. But when I turned down the street, where the gym was and it was just complete chaos. There was news vans and first responders, obviously police, all of that, it was chaotic. And I, I still don't remember who told me that he didn't survive, but I do remember sitting behind a bush, just rocking back and forth, saying to myself, this isn't real, this isn't real. What happened was a man walked into the gym, shot Richard, and he died instantly. Wow. So first of all, Karen, I have to say thank you to you for sharing that traumatic experience because I know you've shared this story many, many times, especially with what you do now as a professional speaker. But I can't imagine that it's ever easy to share that. So thank you for being open and for sharing what happened. After you experienced this traumatic event, life-changing event, how did that change your world? What about your finances? How did it impact your financial situation? It impacted every part of my life. That was the first incident of a very traumatic year because I ended up mm -hmm. losing uh, my house, my car, and at the end of the year, my job. So it was a year, I like to say, it was, it was a year from hell, if I'm being completely honest. It was just really, really hard. Every part of life was disrupted. Going into the situation, though, I think this is a key part to point out. It was about, I think it was maybe three months, three or four months before Richard died, we found out that we didn't have health insurance or life insurance. So we had the things on our checklist, but it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So when he died, we didn't have life insurance. Being a new gym owner, anything that we did have in savings, and we had just moved into our house, I think maybe the year before, maybe a year and a half. So we were really at zero, to be completely honest. And honestly, it was just like, where, where do I go from here? I wanna point out when you're grieving, Unfortunately, there's a lot of business that has to be done in the first week, definitely leading up to, you know, the, the funeral or celebration of life. And then beyond that, when I churned in the car and downsized again, again, it was just all of these things that was, it almost felt like an out of body experience. As I got to that year and all of a sudden lost my job, it, it went just like this, Bola, Friday, 
I closed on selling the house and was moving into a townhouse that I was renting. Monday, I walked in and was let go from my job. Hmm. It was insane. So here I am in a new house trying to figure out what am I going to do? I don't have consistent income. I don't have a savings built up. And, and that was an arduous road, just not really sure what direction to go how to build some sort of financial stability for my son and I with all of these changes, constantly feeling like earthquakes and rocking our world. Wow. So not only were you navigating the grief from the loss of your husband, um, you also had to be emotionally and mentally strong for your son, for your young son at the time. And then you had all these other things going on, losing the house, losing the car, losing your job, knowing that you didn't have life insurance or health insurance, trying to maintain a balancing act with all of this and navigate through the business of managing your husband's death while you were grieving. How did you deal with that mentally? I think what people underestimate is you never stop grieving. You just learn how to manage it in your life. Yes. So for the first year, I really felt numb. I would describe it to people like feeling like I was drowning because of all of the different changes that were happening. But then there came this moment where my son walked into my room and I'd been lying in bed and just didn't get up. Thank God for my parents. They were there to help out. And I remember he walked in, he was only two and he said, mommy, are you going to get up today? That is where you have to say, oh no. In that moment, I thought to myself, I can't just take care of him when I'm running on empty. How do Mm -hmm. I take care of myself so that I could be, and these three words came to me, a healthy, happy, whole mom. And so then I had to take it one, not even a day at a time, because that's usually the life advice people give. Oh, just take it one day at a time. Time heals all wounds. Not true. Time does nothing without healthy action. So Mm -hmm. I had to take it one breath at a time. Just one breath. Wow. And you know what you said, that there is no happy pill for grief. You just make it part of your life. This past year has been crazy in many ways. And a lot of people I know, including family members, have dealt with grief or are dealing with grief. And they've all told me it's there is no plan of how you go through it. You just go through it. And as time passes may not necessarily heal all wounds, but it allows you to manage it in your day-to-day and be present and be there. And you still have your moments, which are, that's that's life, perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I really have to commend you just for what you're able to get through. No, thank you. Taking a break here in Fair Shares. We're talking a lot about financial tools and strategies in this episode. Thankfully, Mass Mutual has a wide range of accessible resources to help you take charge of your finances. If you go to the show notes, you'll find links to more information about all of these tools. You can also learn more at massmutual.com. Okay, back to the conversation. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the financial side of things as you navigated the loss of your husband. 
How invested was Richard in managing your finances? Were you aware of your household finances, your joint finances? And what did you have to change in order to make life work financially afterwards? I managed our finances because he was transitioning from working as a personal assistant to his best friend who is actually a, a professional athlete into starting his own business. And so at the time I was actually the quote unquote breadwinner. I had the stable income, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I managed the bills for the household, but he was managing the finances for obviously the gym and how he was building that out. So when he passed away, there weren't any surprises, I would say, but it was still starting from ground zero. And that's why I downsized from the house. That's why I downsized from the car. And I mean, it was just so many different areas that I started to think to myself, do I really need all of these things? It started after losing Richard that I started to adapt this new minimalist mindset because I realized that my happiness and certainly my health is not tied up in the things that I have. It's tied up in the experiences that we're True. creating and the love that we share. So then I realized that, you know, while that was a great season to scale back, to readjust some things, and really we were moving from, you know, a family down to just the two of us. And I carried some of those really great money mindset habits, if you will, into this new chapter that I'm in where I do run a successful business. And now I realize I don't have to have all of the bells and whistles. I love that transition of how you went from starting over, downsizing, getting down to zero, navigating that debt, adopting the minimalist mindset, but then a dip because you started being challenged by the scarcity mindset. I can imagine because you're, you're trying to get yourself back on your feet, you realize you're the sole income earner providing for your son, but then adjusting your mindset, finding ways to challenge yourself to realize, you know what, I can create options for myself through this business I'm creating in order to give me the life I desire, which is being there for my child and switching to this now abundant mindset, having an abundant mindset. I love that. Yeah. And I can hear it in your voice. You're in a good place now, working your business, there for your son on your own terms you know I i'm happy for you and thank you i do think this is a great time for you to really take a good look at your finances so that you can start to plan ahead into the future not just for yourself but also for caleb and earlier you had talked about maybe you should have sought out professional help but it's never too late to seek the help of a financial professional because they are there to help you create a plan based on where you are right now and where you're trying to get to, right? So if you were to sit down with a financial professional today, they're going to help you lay out the big picture of your finances, lay out what your income sources are, you know, help you create a plan for retirement, help you create a plan for college savings if helping Caleb go to college is something that you want to do. And having that conversation with them can also help you get clear on what do you want for yourself from a financial perspective? What are the big financial goals you have for yourself? Um, you can write down these goals and have a conversation with that 
financial professional to help guide you as to what kind of plan do you have to create with your business to help you achieve those goals. I would also say that, and it sounds like you do it already. <laughs> but no, the- I, I, I actually, ju- I'm like, <laughs> yes, give me more, Bola, give me more. <laughs> But I would say, you know, as an entrepreneur, I can't imagine because I am an entrepreneur as well, that your budget kind of ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. <laughs> <laughs> the income ebbs and flows, right? And having a budget that can accommodate those ebbs and flows, especially since you have a son, is very important. So what you can do is as your income comes in from your business, knowing that that is what you use to sustain your lifestyle, creating a savings account for emergencies where you put money in, in the event that business is slow. And then creating a business savings account where you put money in for your business in the event, again, that business is slow, but you want to be able to cover your business expenses. And this will give you a sense of just peace around your finances when business is slow because you have a fallback plan. You have this emergency savings to cover your life expenses and you have this business savings to cover your business expenses until things pick up again, until you launch that new product, that new service, that new speaking conference, whatever it might be. And I would definitely recommend that you research and spend some time talking with a financial professional that has experience working with entrepreneurs. Mass Mutual has many of those financial professionals that can help you go over your goals and create a plan, not just for your personal life and the things you want to accomplish into the future, but how to navigate with your finances based on your business income and its potential for growth into the future and also building Kayla's plans into your overall financial picture as well. I think that will be very helpful as you start to make progress and grow and scale your business and think about pursuing your different financial goals. Right. So Karen, let me ask you this. When you think back now on your experience navigating through the loss of your husband, Are there any things that you wish you knew before it had happened? And are there any things that you wish you had done differently? The first thing that comes to mind is having a will. And this is, it's crazy, but, you know, I was 29 and he was 33. We were at the beginning of life. And that's why Mm -hmm. it hurts so much to then all of a sudden abruptly be thrown into the fire of end of life decisions. And when you think that you have your entire life in front of you, I mean, that very well, you know, could be true. But the reality is we just don't know. We have no idea. And so don't get caught up in that. I'm not trying to send you off in doom or gloom or anything, but (laughs) I would just say that if you have a family, and even if it's just you and your spouse, but if you have a family, have some sort of will that gives direction because in that case when richard died suddenly he and i we hadn't had a lot of conversations about end of life stuff but there was one thing that we just happened to have this conversation about i think we were watching a show when it came up and it was do you want to be buried or cremated 
Now, first of all, it, that's mm. a morbid conversation. You don't really want to have that. Yeah, nobody been, thinks about that. Nobody is thinking. Nobody wants to really have that conversation. Unless you're preparing arrangements for an elderly person, you are not thinking about that. I'm so glad we had that conversation because it was one decision that if had we not had that conversation and I was completely consumed with grief, I would have been racking my brain, not sure what to do. And honestly, it was the one thing that I was just so glad that I had some sort of direction on because with all the other decisions that you have to make when you have lost someone, the more clarity, the better. Mm -hmm. That's that's very true. And going back to what you said about having a will, that's something that is incredibly important, especially for you now as a single mom. And that's built in as part of estate planning. So what are your directives when you're no longer here or you're incapacitated? If that happens, where do you want your assets to go? How do you want your son taken care of if he's still a, if he's still a minor? Those are all things that get discussed when you sit with a financial professional to create an estate plan for yourself. Also really important now as you are, you know, your son is getting older, you're running your business, to think about retirement planning. Yes. Especially the kind of life you want to afford for yourself when you get older and you decide no longer to work. That's really important. And also thinking about long-term care, right? Yes. In terms of like medical, your medical needs, potential medical needs and things like that is also really incredibly important. And I'm sure that as you navigated the loss of Richard, you realized the importance of having that death certificate, mm -hmm. which is really a key document, especially when it comes to settling estates, assets, pensions, other kinds of benefits. So Karen, one of the things that you mentioned was that before Richard passed, you found out you did not have life insurance. Do you have life insurance now? And what have you realized about life insurance since? So... No, I do not have life insurance, but I do have a will. I felt like the will was a good thing to have in place before I could contribute to life insurance. Mm -hmm. However, and that is on my next 90 day plan. <laughs> Trust me on that. There were stages to this so that in the next 90 days, please let's circle back to that. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. I need that. I need that accountability. <laughs> But you have started the process of securing your financial future. So you have the will in place. You are learning how to budget and manage your finances. You're teaching your son about that. And one thing you can do even today is learn about the different types of life insurance and what could best be suited to your unique needs, whether it's whole life insurance, whether it's term life insurance, whatever is the best kind for you. And the Mass Mutual website has a great life insurance comparison tool where you can just go on and put in some numbers, run some calculations, learn about the different types of life insurance so that when you sit with a financial professional, you are ready to sign up for life insurance in the next 90 days. Yes. <laughs> you have an idea of what you need and what's going to work for your life, right? And life insurance is something that's incredibly important for you, especially because you have a dependent that is your son. So I was saying for you as a mom, 
being a single mom, it's really important for you to have a plan to take care of your son, Caleb, in the event that, God forbid, something were to happen to you. So I, I strongly recommend that you consider life insurance. You consider having that conversation with a financial professional to help you lay out the plan, define your goals, lay out your estate plan, help you create a plan around your business. Yes, so right. I know that it can feel daunting, but I think transparent conversations about my finances with my family has really helped me to open my mind to how easy and simple it is to just put a plan in place and work the plan. Yes. And I will say for our moms, for single moms, time is limited. And it can be overwhelming to think about this long list of things to do for your finances when life is happening right now. And so I want to encourage you and everyone listening that it's okay to create a plan step by step, which means you don't have to execute everything today, but give yourself a timeline. Like you said, 90 days. So write down in the next 90 days, here are the five things I want to research and also get established. And then here are the action steps for those five things I need to do in order to complete all these steps by the end of the 90 days. So give yourself the grace to take things one thing at a time. Yes, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> great point, Bola. Thank you for that. Well, Karen, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Speaking about loss and grief is never easy. So I appreciate your openness. I appreciate you sharing and do know that your story is going to be impactful to someone else who's listening to this. And again, I just have to commend your strength and your tenacity and just being who you are and coming to this place now where you are in a good place you are glowing you're pursuing what matters to you the most in your life and so you should be really really proud of yourself so thank you so so much oh well thank you so much for having me bola i appreciate it i do think that transparency helps others to see that you know life is not perfect it's messy but it's about how do we make life beautiful in the mess and so thank you for inviting me into this space exactly thank you so much karen This has been Fair Shares. Throughout the series, I'm talking with women from different backgrounds and stages of life. Like Donna and Jacqueline, two women in different stages of their careers, both in need of a retirement plan. You know, should we put money in this? Should we put money in that? I definitely think I want to like sit down and, and set some goals and, and really look at, at what I'm doing instead of just blindly putting money wherever. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to all the resources we discussed today. If this episode got you thinking about your own financial situation and goals, carve out some time this week to take next steps. I promise you'll feel better and more confident. And as always, MassMutual.com is a smart resource that's easy to navigate where you can begin to answer your financial questions. Until next time, thank you for listening.